0: Hello and welcome back to another edition of Simply Seria, the Italian football podcast Brought to you by the 90 Min Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon, and I'm delighted to be joined by my co host, by the right hand man, by the main man, actually, because he's a fountain of Italian football knowledge. Welcome, uh, Mr. Vittorio Campanile. How
1: are you, sir? I'm fine, thanks. What about yourself? Happy for the first win? Yeah,
0: delighted Arsenal are off the mark, (laughs) so uh, it makes things a little bit easier. It made getting up for work on Monday morning that little bit easier for sure. Um, Let's take you through uh, the results from round three of the Serie A, starting with Empoli 1, Venezia 2, a first victory of the season for everybody's second team at the moment, I would say. (laughs) Uh, Napoli 2, Juventus 1, Atalanta 1, Fiorentina 2. Moving on to Sunday, it was Sampdoria 2, Inter 2, Spezia nil, Udinese 1, Torino 4, Salernitana nil, Cagliari 2, Genoa 3, Milan 2, Lazio nil, Roma 2, Sassuolo 1, and the Monday night game was between Bologna and Verona, with Bologna coming out on top, 1-0 win uh, for them. And I guess the best place to start, uh, Vittorio, is with the news regarding uh, Di Francesco, because Just before we've gone on to record this episode, the news is broken that uh, Di Francesco has been sacked by Hellas Verona. Um, We've talked about Di Francesco in the past and and that maybe he would be the first manager to get sacked this season. But to see it happen so early has come as a bit of a surprise to me. What do you make of it all?
1: Yeah, honestly, surprised that it arrived in in September. But, you know, uh, this manager has done terrible in the last three years i was just watching a stat that us say that in the last 19 matches in Serie a, Di francesco have won none so wow. you know th- these are huge huge numbers very negative and the first question i have in mind why do you select a manager like that i mean he failed in roma he found a place in sampdoria failed at sampdoria immediately went to cagliari failed again in Cagliari, and find a, a spot in Verona. How can this be possible? I mean, there are plenty of good managers who are looking for uh, a team in Serie A. Di Francesco, who has been terrible in the last three years, every time is able to land in a new club, in a Serie A club. Not only a new club, but in a Serie A club. This is simply astonishing. Plus, we are talking about Verona that has been probably one of the biggest surprises in the last two years in Serie A. Uh, not at the level of Atalanta, but everybody was saying Verona will fight for relegation. And two years ago, was fighting for Europe League, you know. Why do you get you go and take uh, Di Francesco? Uh, I don't know. Probably he has a very, very, very good agent. Because, as I said, in the last 19 matches, he didn't want a single match. That's really hard, you know. So... Didn't expect happening in September. I thought maybe in October, but definitely saw that coming.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I was going to say to you, because Verona, you mentioned they're a club that have surprised people. They have underachieved. I know the table is, is very kind of misleading at this moment, right? We're only three games into the season. And while you can look at at the situation and, and say, obviously it's, it's not as good as it needs to be, or it's not, you know, acceptable. Where do you believe that Verona should be looking to finish? Because, I think for our listeners who maybe don't follow Italian football as closely and who maybe have a, a lesser knowledge of the kind of smaller profile clubs, where would you say is a is a fair position for Hellas Verona to be aiming for?
1: Well, the biggest thing with Verona is that uh, three years ago they were the big surprise, and last summer they sold a lot of quality players. Amrabat finished to Verona to Fiorentina, Kumbulla uh, to Roma, and everybody was saying, okay, they have no chance. And, and Juric, that is a very good manager that now is at Torino, find a way to place them in a, a comfortable position, not Europa League fighting, but mid-table, you know, avoiding relegation. This summer happened pretty much the same thing. Uh, Zaccagni went to Lazio, other players have been sold. But the problem is they don't have Juric anymore. So, you know, they, they will struggle if they don't find a good manager. So I think the position would be this year trying to not get relegated because uh, they lost a lot of other key players but i think you know with a good manager they can make it now obviously i don't think di francesco was the the answer to this problem so that's where i think the team will be positioned um you have to be honest and say are team like salernitana for example that i don't think they're going to be able to fight for the relegation they're already you know dead last zero point i don't think they're going to get much points so you, you have to get above other two teams, so that makes it a little bit easier. But, you know, it depends. The rumors are they're going to sign Tudor, who I think is another terrible manager. <laughs> so that's not going to improve a lot, you know. And again, the question is, why do you sign Tudor, who hasn't been very successfully? So, yeah, I think at this point, they're going to fight for relegation.
0: Yeah. Sounds about right. Uh, Let's move on to uh, one of the big games of the weekend. It was Napoli versus Juventus. Uh, Juventus not getting off to the start this season that many people would have hoped for. Max Allegri finding uh, life a little bit difficult on his return. I was looking through some of the Italian papers this morning. Uh, Corriere della Sport leads with a line, guys, wake up, uh, talking about Juventus. Obviously, uh, they were beaten by two goals to one. uh, Matteo Politano and Khalidu Koulibaly with the goals for Napoli. Alvaro Morata actually put Juve in the lead. It was Really good work from Morata. It was a mistake from Manolas, but he finished it really, really well. And I must admit, Vittorio, watching the game after 11 minutes when when Morata did break the deadlock and open the scoring, I felt like this might be the turning point for Juve. This might be the kickstart that they need. But they just look a little bit toothless, don't they? They just don't look right.
1: Yeah, you're right saying that, you know, after that goal, the match could change and because the first 10 minutes you have to be honest Napoli dominated and that was pretty much the first and only chance Juventus had and when you score at the first chance after you've been struggling so much you know the match can change instead it didn't uh I think there's an incredible lack of quality in Juventus this year yes people can argue well we we didn't have Dybala and so on but i think in the midfield of juventus there's a lack of quality that it's unbelievable i think juventus has overrated and overplayers overpaid players now um mckenney is considered the best midfielder there and he's an average player i would say um artur again he's not playing but is he that good you know, there's a lack of quality. Uh, a couple of years ago, these players would be on the bench. Now they're starting for Juventus. You have to be honest. Uh, Juventus score with an incredible mistake of Manolas. They didn't mm-hmm. have that many chances after after that. It was a, a weird match because Napoli dominated. But again, the two goals from Napoli were again two bad mistakes. One from Chesney that is having an awful season awful season for Chesney I know you could be smiling because he was a former Arsenal player but the beginning of the season of Ars- of uh, Chesney it's awful the mistake he made on the first goal for Napoli is simply unacceptable for a player a goalkeeper of that level and the second goal again Keane was trying to make a no goal on on a, on a corner kick so <laughs> you know Napoli deserved to win but it's incredible that a team dominated that much and scored only thanks to two terrible mistake of Juventus. Still, this team is lacking of quality.
0: Yeah, it is. And I I do agree with your midfield point as well, because you know, you mentioned Weston McKinney. I think he's vastly overrated. I really do. Um, you look at you know Adrian Rabio, who was in there as well. And there's something about Adrian Rabio that I just don't like. I, I don't I don't find him technically kind of secure enough. I don't think that he gives I think he can close people down and he can be quite physical and I thought that that was one of the reasons he'd be a hit in Serie A but he hasn't really lived up to the hype I don't think and then of course Manuel Locatelli came in uh, in the summer uh, from Sassuolo and, and again you know I'm not saying that Locatelli's a bad player because I think we saw in the Euros that he, he's clearly a very talented player but he doesn't look at home in the Juventus side to me anyway would you agree with that?
1: And this was his first start. There was already rumors. You sign Locatelli and he doesn't play. Why did you buy him, etc.? Um, I thought he was the best there. But the question is, was he the best because he played well or because the other two were so rubbish that, you know, even I would have played better? And I totally agree with you on Rabiot. You know, question mark. Why Paris Saint-Germain let a player like that go free, right? You know, the mother is a big problem. You know his behavior is a little bit an issue he's very physical but i think he hasn't got the quality he's not very smart as a football player i don't see a big value in that player honestly so locatelli shine compared to the other two but again I don't think Locatelli at that point is a game changer. And then you go and see Napoli and you see, you know, they have a lot of quality players. They th- That should be Juventus midfield that has more quality, not, not Napoli. So mm. th- there's a big problem. And, you know, people thought, okay, Allegri comes in, they start winning again like before. Yeah, Allegri is the manager. He's not playing, right? He needs quality players. And, yes, Dybala would definitely help because... He can be uh, a great player who can make you win matches. But apart from DiBala, Chiesa can be, but Chiesa is a player who plays a lot on his own. So, you know, it's not very easy for Allegri at this point. Why Why is it that... Um, yeah,
0: I mean, you're right. You look at that Napoli midfield, Ruiz Anguisa, who's obviously joined them uh, this season. Elmas has had a really good start to the season, hasn't he? I think you've got to say. Um what have you made of Napoli, though? Because it's it's all good sort of criticising Juventus. But Napoli did play very well. They've had a 100% start uh, to the season. Did you expect Spalletti to, to get them going so quickly? And and do you expect them to be able to maintain this level throughout the season?
1: So to our listener of last year, I always told, right, that Gattuso was a problem for Napoli. And I think with the same team, because it's pretty much the same team of last year, Napoli. They didn't do big signing. But with a good manager, I think Spalletti is a good manager. They can definitely do much more than last year. And I think with Juventus like that, with Inter like that, they can definitely fight for the Scudetto. Spalletti has the experience. He didn't win it. He went close. But he's a definitely much better manager. He has experience because Napoli uh, is very similar to Rome. Uh, It's completely a different atmosphere. Uh, it's difficult to to live in those cities, especially when you're winning. You know, you have to calm down people, etc. But Spalletti has the right experience. I think they can really challenge Inter for the Scudetto. Now, obviously, I don't see the perfect team this year in Serie A. Napoli has problems. But compared to the other teams and considering Spalletti's experience, I, I think they really can make it. Now, osimen has to improve. He has all the qualities, but he has to become a more over-round striker. He's not there anymore. In defense, people look and say Manolas and Koulibaly, they are probably the best central defender. But both of them make silly mistakes. It's not the first mistake Manolas made um, uh, in the past year. Kulibali at the same time, makes a lot of mistakes. So they have to focus a little bit there. But they have the quality and the depth really to challenge for the Scudetto. And they don't play the Champions League. So this is another big advantage.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I was really intrigued by the incident that happened after the game as well. And it's one of the things I love about Italian football, when the passion <laughs> spills over. Uh, Spalletti was was upset with, uh, with with Max Allegri. He said he went to salute him after the game and that Allegri just carried on walking and ignored him. And Spalletti's press conference was gold, wasn't it? He said, I've always lost against Juve. For once I win, <laughs> now you're lecturing me for crying out loud. Fantastic stuff. But I mean... Allegri doesn't, I don't know, he looks a little bit on edge, doesn't he? And I know that the results haven't gone the way he would have liked and there was a lot of hype around him coming back and there were people looking in from the outside saying, well, Juve are definitely going to win the Scudetto now that Allegri's back. It hasn't started that like that and I think you're starting to see uh, Max Allegri getting a little bit edgy. What, what do you make of, of his kind of demeanour at the moment?
1: Well, you know, we have to think about one thing in particular, uh, Serie a football have changed a lot since last time Allegri was managing Juventus. If you go now and see pretty much all teams, all top teams playing a very offensive mind football, Milan with Pioli, Inter with Inzaghi, Lazio with Sarri, Roma with Mourinho and Spalletti as well with Napoli. So football have changed a lot in Serie A, while Allegri is still, you know, backing his type of football that is not offensive mind football. We just care of winning. We don't want to play great football. And, you know, maybe he's a little bit behind. Maybe football move on. This is something that happens to managers, right? A couple of years ago, there were top quality managers, and now football have changed, and they didn't update themselves, and so they're left behind. This is the question mark that we have with Max Allegri. Plus, and I said it already, managers are important. But if you give uh, Guardiola to Leeds United, Leeds United won't win the Premier League, right? Maybe they would do a little bit better than now. But you need quality players, especially with a manager with Allegri. You have managers that, you know, like Bielsa, that with the type of football they play, they can bring points even though the team is not amazing. With Allegri, it's the opposite. You have to give them champions, quality players, top players to get points. So I don't think you Juventus has a quality team enough. So th- there are question marks there, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's move on to uh, Inter. They uh, were held to a 2-2 draw uh, by Tommy's boys, Sampdoria. Uh, Federico Demarco opened the scoring with a stunning free kick to put Inter in front before Maya Yoshida's deflected effort squeezed in to level things up. Inter then took the lead again after an excellent run from Barella. Uh, It was a top-class delivery into the box, and Lautaro Martinez made no mistake with the finish. But Tommaso Urgello uh, volleyed home. Uh, to level it for Sampdoria. Both t- both sides had chances to win it, didn't they? Chalanoglu had yep. a really good chance for Inter. Uh, Damsgaard saw his effort cleared off the line by Di Ambrosio. So um, what did you make of Inter's performance overall? I mean, you know, Inter's start to the season has been pretty strong up until now. So them dropping a couple of points isn't the end of the world. But did you see anything that concerns you for the longer term about, about Simone Inzaghi's side? Of course, he's a manager you know very well
1: yeah well you have to make two different points right last year against sampdoria away they lost so you can see this as an improvement but usually when inter goes ahead they usually win the match and they went twice ahead against sampdoria and they were able unable to keep the three points so this is a question mark we said it you lose lukaku Zeko is not the perfect replacement and we are seeing it, right? These were the perfect matches for Lukaku. Usually, against this team, Lukaku plays an hat trick or score a couple of goals, and Inter wins the team. Um Zeko didn't score. Yeah, he made the right movement for the score, the goal of Lautaro Martinez. But that's not enough from a number nine of Inter. You expect more. So there are problems there. You have to give time to Inzaghi because, yes, the three-five-two is similar to Antonio Conte. It's similar, but it's not the same type of football. Mm. So you need to give him time. Uh, Sampdoria, is, it's a quite good team. It's not very easy to beat. So uh, this is something you have to consider. At the same time, you have to admit that Inter is not as good as last year. But I think no one expected that. So uh, as I said before, yeah. Napoli can challenge for the Scudetto because Inter... Uh, has drop quality and then there is another problem Sensi is a great player but is injured prone he came in the second half and got injured you went uh, Inter already made the five substitution so they had to play with Sensi injured for the last what was it 10 minutes or so and obviously when you're playing like that it's very difficult to to win a match so Inter can be happy that they got a point considering that they had Sensi on the pitch who wasn't playing. But again, this brings you this rise at the problem. Can Sensi play still with Inter if every time he comes in, he gets injured? Should Inter look for a replacement for a player that it's able to play 90 minutes, who is able to play, you know, all season long and not just five, six matches a season? And then Correa, because starting of the season, Correa was amazing. He scored twice... Uh, in the first match, et etc. et cetera. Um, Lazio fans, remember Korea. Korea is a very good player, but someone who missed so many chances. So I think we are getting back to the Korea Cor- that we saw at Rome. And that's another problem because with Zegono scoring, if Korea stops scoring, then Inter hasn't got that many options there in front to score. So that could be a question, a problem going forward. Still, I believe Inter has the best team in Serie a at the moment, especially considering that Juventus sold Cristiano Ronaldo.
0: Yeah, and I agree with that. And I think what, what we need to see from Inter is we need to see the goals shared around a little bit more, don't we? Because you've mentioned the departure of Romelu Lukaku, which is obviously massive. And you mentioned Edin Dzeko and the, the movement that he made for the first goal, ex- uh, for the second goal, sorry, etc. etc. And And we've talked a lot about Edin Dzeko at the start of this season as Being a very good centre-forward in terms of link-up play, in terms of making the right movement, in terms of being the man to hold the ball up and bring other people into the game. He's fantastic at that. In fact, I'm not sure there's many better in that particular aspect of the game than Edin Dzeko, but he's not going to score the same level of goals, as you've said. And, you know, it's very difficult to replace a Romelu Lukaku, especially when your finances are, are in a bit of a mess. So I think what Inter need to be looking. They need more goals out of Oglu. They need Lautaro Martinez to up his input, his output, sorry. They need, you know, some of the midfield maybe to chip in a little bit. It's it's definitely a, a bit of a concern at how they are going to replace those Lukaku goals um, because Dzeko kind of half-solves the problem, I think, yeah. but doesn't, doesn't, you know, and, completely.
1: And the problem, you know what, is normally teams that win the league has a number nine that scores a lot of goals. You know, last year Lukaku scored, Two years ago, Cristiano Ronaldo scored a lot of goals and Juventus won the Scudetto. So, this is the biggest question mark. Um, Can a team win the Serie A League without a top scorer or someone going, you know, scoring 20 goals a season? Because Zego is not going to do it. I don't think Lautaro Martinez will be able to do that or Correa or Sanchez or someone else. So, Inzaghi has to uh, make sure that the midfield. Scores more than, than than they did last year, which is not easy. But you know, with Cristiano Ronaldo gone, Lukaku gone, they are not big numbers nine. And that's why Inter this summer tried to sign Icardi. It was pretty much, uh, you went to, sorry, when they sold Cristiano Ronaldo, they mm. tried to sign uh, Icardi. It was impossible because they didn't have that much money, but it would be a better fit than, uh, you know, Morata uh, to replace Cristiano Ronaldo. And you went, and Inter had to do the same. I don't think zego was the solution in fact they was trying to sign zapata from atalanta but things yeah. didn't go up that way
0: yep yeah. agreed agreed uh moving on to your boys uh vittorio a two 0 defeat at milan and both sides had gone into this game uh, having made flawless starts to their Serie A campaign um before we talk about milan give us the kind of a lazio view on how this one went
1: Well, I don't know if the team went to Milan. I'm not sure about that because Lazio (laughs) didn't show up pretty much. I mean, the result is 2-0, but Milan missed a penalty. I don't remember shots on target of Lazio Uh, on Sunday, you know. It's true that Milan as well didn't um, have big chances or Reina didn't do unbelievable saves. But still, Milan dominated. Milan dominated. So Milan deserved to win. Again, they missed a penalty... At the end of the first half and you know if Cassi score there then maybe they can score other two goals in the second half so yeah uh, Milan dominated in the midfield Lazio pretty much didn't show up Milan could be I don't know if I can say a surprise but definitely can fight for the Scudetto now the question mark I have with Milan is they're playing the Champions League and I don't think they have the depth enough to compete on both Champions League and Serie A But if Pioli find a way, this team can definitely fight for the Scudetto because the big difference, they have Ibrahimovic and Giroud that can provide those goals that Inter don't know where they're going to be able to find it and Juventus as well. So, you know, the biggest question mark I have with Milan is the Champions League. But if you take only the match... Sunday match Milan is a great team they they deserve to win and I'm a Lazio fan so you know I could say ah the referee was terrible Uh, we were unlucky etc no guys unfortunately Lazio didn't show up
0: yeah agreed agreed I didn't want to go in too hard I thought I'd let you do it uh seeing as it's your team but no I, I agree they they didn't turn up at all and just moving on to Milan that point about them being in the Champions League and the lack of depth potentially being an issue for them I think I was talking to a Milan fan the other day and and I kind of said to him, and he didn't want to hear it, obviously, uh, but I basically said, actually, I know the aim would be for Milan to progress into to the knockout phase of the Champions League, but actually, if they did fall short, if they did crash out in the group stages, I know a, a club with the pride of Milan would be disappointed by that, but I think it could work out to be a blessing in disguise because, let's face it, they're not going to win the competition. But it does give them that opportunity to work week on week and and just prepare for the Serie A games, Uh, as you said, from Sunday to Sunday most weeks and, you know, really focus on that. Um,
1: And and I agree on that. And we have to say that they weren't very lucky or they were very lucky. I don't know, as you want to point it out, because the group is very complicated, right? They play at Liverpool uh, Wednesday and, you know, winning it's not impossible it's not impossible because Napoli did it etc etc but it's very hard and then they have Atletico Madrid right or Porto Porto should be the weakest team but you know Porto is still a very good team with experience in Champions League etc so uh, maybe they have been lucky because they can say hey we tried the best we went out in the group but it was really really hard so you know uh, we're gonna try next year but as you were saying if they get out immediately from the group, they can focus on the champion, on the Serie A. And as I said, I think if they're out of the European competition, they can really go forward and win the Scudetto or fight at least for the Scudetto. Then you have to see if they arrive third, then they're going to move to Euro League, will purely change something, play the B team in Euro League, etc. But definitely, uh, they'll try to lose with pride, you know, without going in there and losing 5-0 against... Liverpool and nil against Atletico Madrid, they put up a fight. But if they get out, I mean, they have a big chance to win this, especially if Inter goes through in the Champions League group. So yeah. who knows what's the better solution for them, right?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. It's, it's
0: one of those where, as we say, they don't want to go out. Obviously, they'd love to progress. And they haven't been in the Champions League for so long. That yeah, it and it not...
1: Let's not forget that Inter pretty much did the same thing last year, right? Mm. They went out immediately. People were complaining. I remember in January, people were say, Conte out, uh, unbelievable, Inter out of the Champions League, etc. And then they win the Scudetto and Conte was suddenly uh, the best manager in the world. And just four months ago, people were sweeting Conte out. So, you know, this could be the perfect solution. I don't know. I mean... It's hard to say perfect if you lose in the group phase in the Champions League, but if you go and win the Scudetto, I think that every Milan fan will take it, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just a couple of players I wanted to mention as well um, from a Milan point of view. Obviously, Ibra stole the hi- uh, the headlines as he always does, come off the substitutes bench. Um, kind of, it, I thought it was incredible. He sort of crouched down to tie his shoelaces uh, as the ball went out to Rebic, and he just turned around. He made the run into the box. And he accelerated, didn't he, at just the right moment to create that space for Rebic to pick him out. Fantastic goal. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Rafael Leal because he's a player who, to me, has has got lots of talent, but has always looked a little bit raw, has always looked like he's just missing that final bit of quality when it matters. I was really impressed with his role in Milan's opener. Is he a player that you expect to go up a level this season and, and be very key?
1: Well, you know my YouTube channel. I said before the match, players that Lazio have to watch out are Leao and Ibrahimovic, because with the speed of Leao, he can create a lot of problems to Lazio, and that will happen, right? His acceleration on the first goal uh, split Lazio in two, and he was all alone and could score. Uh, I-, I totally agree with you. He has so much quality, so much talent. Now it's the time to show it up because let's be honest there are so many quality players talented players that at the end of the season don't, don't do nothing or 10 20% of what they could do i mean think about ravel morrison right alex ferguson said that he was the best player he ever managed what is he doing where is he uh, league 1 uh, champions uh, uh, championship playing right so you know uh, there are this type of players that has a lot of talent and are not able to do nothing so leao has to prove that he has talent and he learn he learns how to use it how to be able to uh, do things and unfortunately she showed up in the wrong match for me but <laughs> you know he he can do a lot of things he can be very very uh, important for milan because expression said yeah fast players can make a difference in in the league so i expect a great season for him
0: Another player I just wanted to, to quickly get your thoughts on was uh, Sandro Tonali because I think we said it on one of the podcasts earlier this season that this was kind of the make or break season for him. You know, there wasn't much pressure on him last time out and now it is time for him to step up. And I thought he was excellent at the weekend.
1: Yeah, I mean, we said that last year he played very bad. This year he wanted to stay at AC Milan. There were problems because Milan said they didn't have enough money to pay uh, the deal they made with Brescia so he had to cut his salary to make it and stay here uh and uh, he's proving that he has the quality to be a simulan player now it's just the third match of the season it's very very early but you know uh things started very well and with youngsters like tonali starting well it's really important it gives you confidence and when you play with confidence everything is much easier right you can uh, play uh, relax with confidence and try different things, very difficult things. And when you have confidence, things work out better. So, you know, the season is just started, but it started definitely well. And, you know, even for the national team, having back Tonali would be a big boost for us.
0: Yep, for sure. Uh, moving on to Roma, who uh, defeated Sassuolo by two goals to one. This was a cracking game. It was It was incredible. And I've got to be honest, I didn't plan to watch this one. I sat there, I had about half an hour spare um, before I was scheduled to do something. And I sat down and I put it on and I was hooked. And I ended up watching the entire game and uh, completely messed up my plans for the evening. Um, but I mean, Roma have started the season brilliantly. It must be painful as a Lazio fan. <laughs> but but I thought they were slightly fortunate um, against Sassuolo because I think when you watch that game in full, you you, will, you can appreciate that Sassuolo certainly didn't deserve to leave Uh, the Olympico empty-handed?
1: Well, Rui Patricio made a couple of great saves, right? So that's why Roma was able to win. But normally, except Milan Lazio, on all the other matches, pretty much all matches at this level could have gone both ways, right? Sassuolo could have won it if they took one or two chances they had. And same thing, Roma won it because they took the chance they had. So Sassuolo is a very entertaining team especially for uh, neutral fans neutral fans of football because you know sometimes being a fan of Sassuolo it's hard because you play great football and then you go home with zero points and this is exactly what happened against Roma on Sunday uh Roma you know Mourinho when 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 Mourinho has confidence when he gives confidence to the team this team is able to do everything so uh, Roma can really be a big challenge for every team in Serie A. Maybe the, the the team is not the best, but with Mourinho, when Mourinho is able to give confidence to the team, uh, they can be very dangerous. And we know that usually Mourinho's team starts really, really well. And this is what's happening with Roma. Uh, they have quality players because they have Zaniolo who's coming back, uh, Abraham, etc., cetera, et cetera. So I think Roma can be a very dangerous team.
0: Yeah, for sure, they sit top of the table at the moment. Maximum points, uh, nine points from their three games. They've scored nine goals as well uh, in those three games. So they're averaging three a game, and they've conceded just the two uh, so far. So very encouraging start to the season. But I think what was key there, Victoria, what you said, is that Mourinho teams always start well, and there will be a point in the season where it'll be more challenging and I think that's when we can learn a little bit more about whether Mourinho has what it takes to take Roma up to that next level but certainly an encouraging start there's there's no doubt about that and of course uh, Mourinho's celebration from El Shirawi's goal was uh, was quite the sight wasn't it to see him sprinting up and down the touchline flashbacks to to Porto at Old Trafford back in uh, what the early 2000s I think it was so yeah a uh, long time ago but
1: he he's a passionate manager right he's a passionate manager he always says he's an inter fan but when you're managing a, another team you you are the number one fan right so he celebrated it was a very important match for him so I mean it makes totally sense and let's be honest uh, we said that the signing of Mourinho was a great signing for Roma but at the same time there were a lot of pl- a lot of experts saying you know Mourinho is done he's gonna be fired uh, in october or things like that so he had to prove a lot of people wrong and that's what's happening the question mark is you know roma team is not uh, the best team but you know mourinho has to hasn't have to win the scudetto reaching the champions league would be a great achievement so let's see what happens but especially in the first month uh, roma can be very very dangerous
0: Yeah, for sure. And it was Mourinho's thousandth game as well, uh, which is, I think, why (laughs) he went so crazy when that goal went in. He definitely uh, didn't want to lose that. He said that he'd played it down in the build up. But but after the game, he was obviously delighted. Uh, Just a couple of other points to mention Uh, Atalanta lost at home uh, to Fiorentina. Now, Fiorentina have won two of their opening three games. I think a lot of people expected them to do better this season under Vincenzo Italiano, but have you been impressed by what you've seen so far? Are you, are you expecting them to really kick on?
1: Well, it's like the first summer that you, that Fiorentina makes an impressive uh, transfer market. So I was expecting something last year, but they, they picked the wrong manager. Now, this year they have Italiano, who uh, has been very good last last year with Spezia, and uh, they have some quality players. I love Vlavic. He still have to improve, but he's a... Great striker. He scored two penalties. So that you know that's not unbelievable. But he has quality. He can still improve. He's very young. Uh, I think Fiorentina can fight for a Europe League position, definitely. And it's gonna be very challenging going forward to face uh, to face Fiorentina. On the other side, there's a team, Atalanta, who it's unbelievable to say, but is struggling to score. Atalanta was the best attacking team scored most goals last year. And now they're really struggling. Zapata came back. Uh, Muriel is still out. Uh, it's not the same Atalanta of last year, I have to say. And I don't know. The players are pretty much the same. There's something going on. Plenty of time to fix the issue. But, you know, the first signs are not very good because they lost against Fiorentina. They drew at home last time. So there are some concern about Atalanta. And on the other side, s- side Fiorentina is improving. is growing slowly, slowly. And definitely they can be a surprise this year.
0: Absolutely. Completely agree. Uh, I mentioned in the introduction, Venezia got their first win of the season. Everybody uh, is uh, is willing them to do well. I think it's because people like their kit more than anything else, if I'm being honest. Uh, but yeah, uh, great to see them obviously pick up uh, a win at Empoli. But the, the final team I wanted to mention, uh, Vittorio, was Udinese because they won at Spezia this weekend. They're fifth in the table so far. And I know it's obviously early days, but you know, they've they've looked pretty solid at the start of the season. Seven points from their opening three, uh, two, two wins and a draw. So they're unbeaten still. What should be the aim for somebody like Udinese this season? Is is Europa League or Europa Commerce League asking too much?
1: Well, you know, the problem with Udinese is that Viona tried to make money out of the team more than fight for uh, a Europa League position, etc. Ten 20 years ago, Udinese was fighting for the Champions League. Uh, So that was different times. Now they're trying out, you know, they sold De Paul that was Mm. the best player they had. And, you know, if you're a team that is trying to improve every year, then probably uh, you would... And they sold Musso, the goalkeeper that has been really good. So, if you're fighting to improve every year, you shouldn't sell your top two players in the summer, right? But... Again, Udinese try to make smart moves. They signed Silvestri on a cheap deal. Silvestri is a good goalkeeper, and they usually are very good in signing youngsters. So Udinese is a very tough team. We have to be honest. Spezia deserved to win. They missed so many chances Sunday, and then at the end, Udinese find a way to win. So probably Spezia deserved to win more than Udinese, but this is football. If you waste your chances, then you're going to be punished and uh udinese simply take them so udinese uh has a good team i don't know if they are Europe league level i mean we said fiorentina should be there sassuolo is probably a better team so i think half the table it's the best position for it's going to be the end position for udinese yep great stuff uh vittorio
0: thank you uh, so much my friend as always uh, let people know how they can catch you uh, how they can follow you on social media and how they can uh, catch up with your podcast as well
1: well you can follow me on twitter at vittorio campa or otherwise uh, on my podcast in english about lazio lazio lounge uh, and on youtube as well you can find me itunes Spreaker, spotify whenever you wherever you listen to podcasts you can find me there
0: he is everywhere. Make sure you get involved with Vittorio <laughs> a follow and make sure you subscribe uh, to the Lazio Lounge and his YouTube channel as well. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in to another edition of Simply Said. He has been a great chat as always. And we will be back next week with more. Until then, take care. Ciao.